Thank you so much for joining me. Well, if you want to look with me in the Scriptures, I want to go to a very familiar story, and you might just want to follow me along. You can read right here online with me, or you can turn and mark this in your Bible. But in the book of Mark, chapter 5, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had a hemorrhagic condition. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. Now, that's not a slam on doctors, but in those days, health care was not what it is today. And by the way, most doctors were probably slaves in that day. So uh, their, their practice was crude, the, 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 the limited knowledge that they had, and so suffering, she really suffered from the medical care that was provided. She suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay for them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus. Now, somebody had to tell her about Jesus, and that's the kind of life that you and I want to live as passionate followers of Christ. We want to celebrate His love by persuading others to become passionate followers of Christ. So she had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind Him through the crowd and touched his robe. Now, notice this word. It's, Mark's going to use it five times in this story. She touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I can touch his robe, I will be healed. And immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. And Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd, and he asked, who touched me? And his disciples said to him, Lord, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you say who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. And then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell on her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. Now, there's a reason that Jesus is calling her out. You've got to wonder why Jesus didn't just kind of wink at her and says, I know what you did, you know, daughter, go in peace. But instead, he calls her out, and then he tells her these beautiful words. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. You know, that was kind of the way that people said goodbye to one another in those days. You know, we might say later, catch you later, see you later, or something like that, uh, rather than a typical goodbye. But in the days of the Bible, the faithful Jewish people would say to one another, shalom, go in peace. And what they were saying, go in the fullness of all that God has for you. Go and live in the blessings of God. And the peace of God, or the shalom of God, and I know that in the Greek, the word here would have been arene, for those of you that are, you know, you're very intelligent Greek scholars, and I respect you for that, but you know that that's a translation of that Hebrew thought, that Hebrew word shalom, and it means to live in the peace and the abundance of God, the, the salvation of God, the, the prosperity that God gives, and the health that God brings into our lives. And so as he said shalom to her, he was saying to her in essence, daughter, go and live in the blessings of God. Friends, God has blessings for you. God has a life of blessing for you. It doesn't mean that life is always going to be easy. Disabled people understand this probably better than most people because they have struggled with their disabilities. They've struggled with the isolation that that brings to them. 
They've struggled sometimes with the physical limitations, or if there's mental disabilities, the, the mental uh, limitations that they have. But God says for all of us, go in peace, go live in the blessings of God. So let's look at some beautiful lessons we can take from this of how we can live underneath those blessings of God. First of all, you got to believe. Believe boldly that God wants to bless you. You would be amazed at how many people I talk to that really question whether or not God wants to bless them. Have I been good enough? Have I done enough? Have I worked hard enough? Friends, it's not a matter of how good we are or how hard we work. God blesses us because He loves us. God's plan was to bless us from the very beginning. And I believe that the reason this story is so powerful to me and so powerful to people who have read and reflected upon it is because here is a woman struggling with her health, struggling with all the limitations of life, but she's considered unclean. She's considered impure. And because of her impurity, she is isolated from temple worship. She's not able to go to the temple and worship. She's not able to go to a synagogue service and worship. Whatever she would have sat upon would have been considered unclean. So people would not have wanted her to touch them. If she had family, they wouldn't have wanted her to touch them because the fact was there was embarrassment, there was isolation, there was a stigma that was associated with this hemorrhagic condition. And more than that, she would have been extremely exhausted. If you've ever lost blood, if you've ever gone through a period of time where you've had a disease like leukemia or you had a disease like people that I pastored that somehow or another the red blood cells get diminished and they get tireder and tireder and the weakness and fatigue sets in until they can go and get a blood transfusion and then they just feel like life and strength has been poured into them. She would have suffered from chronic fatigue as well. But she believed that God wanted to bless her. Something that someone had told her about Jesus. He heals the sick. He healed the blind. He made the lame to walk. Something about what she had heard about Jesus from her friends convinced her that God wanted to bless her life. I really struggle with those people who are always talking about God as though he's somehow or another angry at us. That somehow or another you've got to earn the blessings of God. There's just no way you can earn the blessings of God. I was crossing Lake Oconee in Georgia one Sunday morning on my way to speak in Augusta, Georgia. And I will never forget hearing this pastor on the radio as I was crossing Lake Oconee. He said, you know, there are people out there that will tell you if you'll send them $1,000, you're going to be blessed. He said, I'm telling you, if you've got $1,000, you're blessed already. And I started cracking up and laughing. What a wonderful thought that God has blessed us, but God wants to bless you any, even more. Look at this verse of Scripture, Mark 5 and verse 27. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd, and she touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Friends, I hope you have that kind of confidence that if you can touch Christ, that you will be healed. You see, this woman had suffered physically, with her illness. She suffered psychologically. She was separated from her family and friends, so she, su she suffered socially. She suffered spiritually because she wasn't able to go and gather with everyone else as they came to worship God. But one thing she did not suffer from, she didn't suffer from a lack of faith. 
And we're going to put up an image right here that I'd like you to just take a careful look. I've walked those streets where Jesus walked, and I've walked those very streets, and, and I remember as we walked those streets, we imagine what it would be like with the crowds of people that were there. So you can imagine, looking at this image, you can imagine what the disciples would have thought when Jesus said, who touched me? But if you'll look right here, you can see this woman. She is reaching out to touch the hem of Jesus' garment and she's going to be healed. Friends, don't let anything get in your way. She believed, and then she received. And most people want to receive, and then they decide to believe. But in the kingdom of God, it doesn't work like that. She simply believed and trusted the Lord, and then she received what God had to give her. The second thing I'd like you to see is be bold. Be audacious when you come to the Lord in prayer. Pray big prayers of faith to God. Pray big prayers for your family. Pray big dreams for your community. Pray for your leaders. Pray for our church. And as you pray, pray with big, bold dreams. I forget the author's name, but he said, you ought to plan big, hairy, audacious goals. We're talking about life goals on Sunday morning. Well, you ought to pray, pray big, hairy, audacious prayers to the Lord as well, because touching Jesus, now get this, touching Jesus was an incredible act of courage. Your life is a prayer. Let me say that again. Your life is a prayer. And her reaching out, like you saw in this image just a moment ago, her reaching out to touch Jesus took courage. She could have been stoned. The people that would have turned upon her, Jesus in her thinking might have rejected her. But friends, I want you to know something. God is never turned off by your impurities. God is never turned off by your disabilities. God isn't even uh, uh, turned off by your sins. I, I stumbled there over my words for just a moment because I wanted to be sure and carefully say that. Your sins are costly. My sins are costly. They took Jesus to the cross of Calvary. But you see, when we touch Jesus in our impurities, when we touch Jesus with our faith and we say, Lord, I believe in you and I trust you, forgive me of my sins, he washes away our sins. And though our sins be like crimson, the prophet Isaiah said, they shall be as white as snow. Beloved, if it's sickness, whatever it is, you reach out in courage and prayer. Look at this, two miracles that happened right away. Immediately, I don't want you to miss this, immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. You say, Pastor, what happened right there? Well, immediately the hemorrhagic condition was healed. And secondly, she felt strength flow into her life and flow into her body. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Can you imagine that instantaneous deliverance that God brought into her life? You know, I have seen people that have been dramatically healed. I, I saw a blind woman healed in Florida one time. As a matter of fact, I had the privilege of praying with her, and I was so tired and weary, but God opened her eyes. I was preaching in another country, and there was a lady with a horrendous growth on the side of her face. And, and friends, we just prayed a simple prayer, and immediately God healed her of that. And I could tell you more stories like that, and, and I don't want you to draw the wrong conclusion. Not everybody I pray for has an instant miracle that happens like that. I didn't do the miracle. God answered prayer. And I want to be sure and be careful to give all the glory to God. I didn't do that, but God did that. 
And God is the God who can instantly forgive your sins and you feel new life surge into your soul. God is a God that can heal all of your diseases for by his stripes you are healed. God is a God that can heal your marriage. It may not happen instantly, but it could happen overnight. I've seen couples come to the altar and kneel down and confess their sin and, and the way they're treating one another. They've risen up. They've still had problems to work through, but that marriage has been restored and healed our God is a miracle-working God, and He wants to bless you. And you say, Pastor, how do you base your prayers for miracles when you pray big, hairy, audacious prayers? Well, look carefully at this next verse. And now, O oh Lord God, I am your servant. Do as you have promised. Do you know what God has promised you? Do you know what the Word of God says about how He wants to bless you? Do as you have promised concerning me and my family. Confirm it as a promise that will last forever. And may your name be honored forever so that everyone will say, the Lord of heaven's armies is God over Israel. And may the house of your servant David continue before you forever. O oh Lord God of heaven's armies, God of Israel, I have been bold enough to pray this prayer. Underline that in your Bible. I have been bold enough to pray this prayer to you because you have revealed to your servant saying, I will build for you a house, a dynasty of kings. Beloved, Mark your Bibles with the promises that God makes for us. Lay hold of those promises. Claim those promises. You know, I find when people lean into the promises of God, miracles happen. I find when people don't lean into those promises of God, you don't see as many answers to prayer. So I think one of the great needs and the urgencies of the church today is not only to be connected to one another, but it's also a need that we fill our hearts with the content, the promises, the prophecies, the commands of the Scripture that we fill our hearts with the Word of God. And then thirdly today, my faith opens my life to the power of God. Now, this is important. My faith opens my life to the power of God. Do you trust the Lord? Are you trusting God or are you trusting yourself? You see, prayer that formulates a plan isn't a prayer. When I come to God, I come to God before I plan. When I come to God, I, I come to God when I need the answer, and I say, Lord, I, I don't know how this need is going to be met. I, when COVID first hit, you know, we didn't have a plan. We weren't ready for this kind of deal. I don't know that anybody that was, but um, I came into the sanctuary, I knelt on my knees, I lay on my face praying, and I said, Lord, I am just seeking you. Show us how to do ministry during a COVID crisis. And the ministries of the church, because of the faithfulness of God's people and the prayers of God's people, we never stopped our Saturday night prayers. As a matter of fact, we have more people joining us for prayer on Saturday nights than we ever had before as we gather together to pray, but faith is, what's open, which is what opens our lives up to the power of God being manifested. Look at Mark chapter 5 and verse 30. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Now that's important. Why did healing power go out from Jesus? Because this woman touched him in faith. Remember what she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. Friends, you touch God with faith. 
You touch God by believing his word, by believing his promises. This is not psyching ourselves up. This is not thinking ourselves into a positive mindset. I'm not against that. But faith is believing God and touching God. And when you do, you experience what God has for you. The power of God flowed out to her. And then Jesus said to her in verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Underline this. Your suffering is over. Live in the blessings of God but your suffering from this disease is over. Now, before you jump ahead and you think about the suffering of people for the name of Jesus, I'm not talking about suffering for the cause of Christ. This sickness was not suffering for the cause of Christ. There are people that try to equate sickness with suffering for Christ. Oh, I'm sick to the glory of God. I can't find any scriptural support for that. I do find scriptural support that where there was a man that was born blind, and they asked Jesus, they said, Lord, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus said, neither. But this happened so that God might be glorified. How was God glorified? Through the healing of that man. How was God glorified through this woman's life? Through the healing. And so you go live, go, go in peace, go in shalom, live in the blessings of God. Your suffering from this disease is over. You see, faith will overcome any obstacles. She did not let the crowds, she did not let religious law get in her way. She did not let her stigma keep her away. She did not let her psychological mindset that I'm unclean, therefore God wouldn't want to touch me or want me to touch him. She did not let the social isolation keep her away. She did not let her physical weakness keep her away from God. Her faith overcame every obstacle. And you say, why? Because she suffered from all those things, but she did not suffer from a lack of faith. She heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. You see, faith will always take action. You know faith because of the actions that it takes. The Apostle James, in his epistle, he talks about people who say they have faith, but they never do anything for anybody else. If you have faith, you serve others. If you have faith, you demonstrate it with the good works of your life. Let me give you a great illustration of this and then read, tell you something that I learned from rabbis. The people of Israel, I'm reading from Numbers, excuse me, Exodus chapter 14, verse 22. The people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Now, I want you to get this. If you've ever seen it in a movie, it's not hard to picture how it could have happened. The walls of water on either side. And the children of Israel are passing through on dry grounds. Now, here's what I learned from the rabbis. They said that unless the priest had walked out into the water until it got up to the nostril level, then the waters would have never parted. I don't know if that's true or not, but I have found in my own life that's been very true of the steps of faith that I've taken. I have gotten out in waters over my head sometime, and then the miracle happens. Don't let the obstacle get in your way. Faith will always take action. Don't be delusional. Don't be irrational. Be sure you're acting on a word from God. Moses acted upon a word from God. Moses stretched forth your rod, and then the seas parted and they walked. Peter acted on a word from Jesus. 
Jesus, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you on the water. And Jesus said one word, just one word, come. Come. What a great sermon. Come. And when Jesus said come, Peter stepped out and walked on top of the water. You see, it's the word of God that produces the miracle. It's your faith in God's word that gets you, gives you the opportunity to participate in the miracle. And then finally today, Jesus sends us home in peace. He sends us home in his blessings. He sends us home with all that heaven affords. In Mark 5 and verse 32, he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Remember I told you, I'd come back and say, why did he call this woman out? Why didn't he just kind of give her a nod and say, hey, I know what you did. But he kept looking around, and then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. In other words, she told him, Lord, I have this hemorrhagic condition, or I had this hemorrhagic condition. And Lord, I, I came and I pressed through the crowd because I knew if I could touch you, I'd be made well. And beloved, how many times have you and I gone to the Lord in prayer and we've said, Father, thank you. Lord, I passed through that time because I touched you. I passed through that time because, Lord, you provided, you guided, you healed, you led. You see, it's important that we come before the Lord and we make clear to ourselves what we've done and why the miracle is happening. But it's also important for her, listen to her, listen to him. Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. He is saying to everybody that's there, and you know, I told you before, I, I'm speaking to an empty sanctuary. I, I'm just imagining you being with me online. But right now, I'm imagining that this sanctuary is just filled with people again. And as I'm speaking, I'm able to say to them, and I'm able to say to you, your impurities do not change the nature, the character, and the glory of God. But if your impurity, if in your need, if in your sin, if whatever it is, your stigma, your isolation, whatever it is, if you will touch God by faith, and that's all it is, touching God means believing God. If you'll reach out to Him, God will cleanse you of your sin. God will clear you of your impurities. God will give you a fresh start in life through his son, Jesus Christ. God will make you a new creation. And there are many, many, many people who are disabled that will tell you that God heals. He sends us home in his blessings. So let me give you some growth work, and then I'd like to pray for you. Look at this verse from Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born, a son is given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called, and you know this is talking about Jesus, he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There are four things that I want you to see real quickly right now. Number one is Christ is your Wonderful Counselor. Listen to God through the Word. Listen to God as you read your Bible. Mark those promises. Mark the commands to be obeyed. Mark those proverbs that give you wisdom and principles for how to live your life. And secondly, he's the mighty God. There are some things only God can do. 
There are some things only God can do, and you have to know that. One of my surgeons retired just a few years ago, and, and I know what God has done in my life is a miracle. I, I know that better than probably anyone else, but I re, will never forget him saying, I want you to sit down, and he looked at me, and he said, Pastor, I don't think you get it. You don't exist. There's no explanation for your existence. You, you don't have the nerves. You shouldn't be able to do what you're doing he said, and, and I remember when he told me, I don't believe in miracles. This was several years earlier. And he looked at me and he says, your life is a miracle. And I, I use that word because now I believe in miracles. There are some things only God can do. Don't limit yourself. Please don't limit yourself because of your lack of faith in God. Let God do the impossible. It may be impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. And third, he's the everlasting father. My impurity is an invitation for God's blessings upon my life. And finally, Jesus is the prince of peace. Only he can give you the everlasting peace and all the blessings that heaven can afford. I'm so grateful you joined me. And if you're watching this right now live, I want to pray with you. Or if you're watching later, I want you to agree with me in prayer right now because I want you to live under those blessings and in the fullness of all that God has for you. So would you bow your head in prayer with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us the way you did. You used that little preposition so. You so love this world that you gave your only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I thank you that you have blessed us with the knowledge of Christ. I thank you that you have blessed us with an invitation to commit our lives to Christ. I thank you who have blessed us with forgiveness of sins for all of those, Lord, who will account what Christ has done for them is their forgiveness and salvation. And I thank you, Lord, that you invite us to come into the throne room of grace, boldly through the blood of Jesus, and to pray big, audacious prayers in your presence. So I pray right now for anyone who is listening that hasn't committed their life to you, that at this very moment they would invite you to come into their life and be their Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord, for those that are listening who need a miracle in their life. Maybe it's something besides physical, but whatever it is, they would come and present that before you and touch you with their faith today. For it's in Jesus' precious and holy name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. If you prayed that prayer, please email us here at Woodland Church. I have something I would love to send you to help you get started in your walk with Christ. It won't cost you a cent. I won't add you to a mailing list unless you want to be added to our mailing list. You know, we just want to be a blessing to you and help you. So if you prayed that prayer or if you need more information, contact us here at Woodland Church. We're here to serve you. God bless you. May the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and may you live in his peace. 